well, you know what? Some people metabolize caffeine really well and others don't. I'm one of those guys in my whole life I never have. So I've okay. never had that coffee habit, you see. My right. mother, who's 85 years old, who's drank coffee most of her life, several months ago, she developed um, uh, a condition of cramps that wouldn't go away. She developed dizziness. All right, I'm here with Dr. Nick Delgado, one of the hormone optimization experts, health experts. And what I always liked about you, Nick, is that you actually embody the information you profess. So no one's going to meet you and say, ah, this guy's got good info, but he doesn't look that great. I don't think he's that fit. So I don't know if I should follow it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, on social media, I, I see people taking shots at plant-based 87-year-old doctors. And my comment to them is, dude, how old are you? And exactly. what are you, what are you going to look like when you're 70 and 80? Right. You know, guys decline miserably if they don't know what they're doing. Even if they're plant-based, they still have to understand hormone optimization, right? Right. And, and, and it's a rare doctor in the plant-based community that appreciates and embodies the ideas of the necessity Without a doubt, if a, if a doctor saw a patient and they found that they had a thyroid deficiency, they would be practicing malpractice if they didn't give them some thyroid intervention, right? 100%. Then why are we so against the idea of an aging male? And by the way, let's face it, guys over the age of 28 are starting to age, as, you, as we mentioned off screen, but that we're aging at a more rapid rate due to, I'm gonna put it out there, what we call estrogen dominance, which is the topic of my current and my coming book, because right. it, it's a horrific problem that no one's talking about. Yeah, no doubt. And in, in the plant-based community, often the idea of even looking at hormones is diminished. You go, oh, testosterone's supposed to go down as you get older. And it's not just the people in the plant-based world, it's many medical doctors who relay that nonsense as well. Oh, don't worry about it. You're supposed to put on belly fat. You're 55 now. You're not. You're supposed to not have a sex drive at all. Oh, you, you can't get an erection to save your life? That's okay. Cialis. I was like, oh, the statins that I'm giving you have caused your sex drive to be destroyed. No problem. We'll get you on Cialis, and when that doesn't work, we'll give you an injection that you can put right into your penis. <laughs> you know, it's so. I mean, people are are living longer. But how many people are actually living better? And how many how many people have felt good ever in their life? Let's forget about 70s and 80s. A lot of people have never felt good. They don't even know what it's like to feel optimal because if they did, they would do everything in their power to feel that way. When I'm not feeling, I know what it's like to feel my best. And when I'm not feeling that way, I will do whatever it takes to steer the ship back where I know it needs to go. I agree, Mike. You know, I think back when I was 12 years old and had youth on my side and I, I was a Pop Warner athlete and all-star baseball pitcher. But the problem was out of nowhere, I developed this horrible gut problem and I was having literally like a Crohn's at that time. I didn't know what it was, but it was, you know, like daily diarrhea and I was just, it was just oh. horrific for me. And, and every day for a year, and I went to a couple doctors and they said, well, uh, it can't be that you're having diarrhea every day, you know, take this med. And I'm like, what? 
I, I'm telling you the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm distressed. I feel horrible. And worse, I was starting to get dehydrated, electrolyte yeah. imbalances, right? Yeah. I, I was feeling awful. Yeah. And, and I, I literally went to the medical library. We didn't have Google back 40 years ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I opened up a nutrition textbook, and it basically said that Latinos, which I'm, I'm part Mexican, Spanish, French, German, American, Indian, Asian, and black, have a terrible intolerance to dairy product. And right. I thought, oh my gosh, I don't eat sugar. Uh, I'm, I'm a heavy meat base because I thought that's what I needed as an athlete. I'm, I'm using uh, the best cheese, the best you know, milk, the whole thing. And, and I, I, I said, I'm getting rid of milk. And I did. And I was only 12 years old, but those symptoms went away within days and never returned, right? So... I realized what you said that some people have never felt right. Well, because I was an athlete and, and little, you know, youth has its way of, of forgiving things, especially when you're an athlete. And so I felt good. I looked good. But internally, I didn't know I was developing atherosclerosis. Internally, I didn't know that I was developing bone loss, even, you know, at an early age. I didn't know that I, my performance was less than it could have been. Until I had a TIA, a stroke at the age of 21, and uh, it, it was a rude awakening because I had been on high blood pressure medications because that was the second thing that hit me on all this animal oil meat-based diet. And the doctors said, well, just relax. It's stress. And I said, I'm not stressed. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I've got the world ahead of me. I'm a good athlete. Uh, yeah. And they said, get rid of the salt. I said, uh, we don't use salt in my family. We don't use sugar. Right. And, 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 and here my blood pressure was, was skyrocketing. And so they put me on meds. I had horrific side effects leading up to that stroke, right? So I then realized I, I, I was watching 60 Minutes, and I, I saw Nathan Pritikin, Hour 3 Patients, which I'm the only one in the world on my YouTube channel that has that video, by the way, because 60 Minutes usually bashes, you know, uh, clinics or doctors or whatever, you know, therapies are out there because they want to expose people because that's good news for 60 Minutes. Right. You know, it, it, right. it gets a lot of uh, publicity. The highest rated show of history because Pritikin was able to prove he was able to reverse coronary heart disease in three patients who one of them had high blood pressure. And I said, oh, my gosh. That's what I need to do. And I bought his book, Live Longer Now. I followed it to a T. I met him in Pasadena, California, where he was lecturing, did a six-hour lecture. And at the end, there were 600 people there. And I showed him my before-after pictures of what his program had done for me. And he invited me to work at the Pritikin <laughs> Longevity Center. Can you yeah. imagine? I was yeah. only 22 that's, years old. That's amazing. And I think you've had the good fortune of being able to interact with some of these really influential experts in our field. And also, I think what makes your story interesting is the fact that you weren't always like you are now. And I think that's what's easy to, to forget or to dismiss is that people look at you and go, oh, this guy's probably been healthy his whole life. He's just maintaining what he did when he was younger. And you've had some serious health issues at a very young age. And I think that gives you a perspective that a lot of other people can't appreciate. True. And, and as I already mentioned, the digestive disorder at 12 years old and at 21, the stroke. And then I was suffering from chronic fatigue. Yeah. I would I, I, I would I had changed my diet. But the problem was that even though I was plant based and oil free and, and, and sugar free, I 
I would work out intensely and then I would collapse with chronic fatigue, cough, cold, bronchitis. And I said, what is going on? Well, unfortunately, or if you will, as history has it, uh, 27 years ago, I fell in love uh, with the mother of my son named Nicholas. And 11 days after she was born, she died due to hyperthyroidism and congestive heart failure associated with her childbirth and her thyroid disorder. And that's yeah. why at the beginning I mentioned doctors need to understand hormones because thyroid and adrenals are critical, particularly to what's going on in the world right now. Adrenals play yeah. a huge role that I want to hopefully address. But I, I, I did in that situation. I searched for the best doctors in the world on anti-aging hormones and thyroid. Fortunately, uh, Terry Hertog started mentoring me. I videotaped all of his work. I published it for him. He had a very heavy accent, but he explained right. from Belgium how thyroid, how adrenals work. And I said, that's me. Oh my gosh. So I started uh, adrenal support. I started thyroid support. I hadn't even got to, if you will, I did some herbs for testosterone and I did some work with growth hormone, but little did I know when you do the anabolics first and you don't address the adrenals, you put yourself into a tailspin. And Mike, uh, it was like a miracle. Why, why is that? Why, why, what's, what's the connection? Um, the way it's described is you have to have a balance between anabolic and catabolic. It's like two okay. kids on a teeter totter. If you push the anabolic, the catabolic part, the cortisol, the adrenal function, which has to release free fatty acids, amino acids, and glucose into the cells, yeah. it just can't keep up. So I even see. thyroid's an anabolic, even testosterone's an anabolic, and estrogen to I a degree is a mild anabolic. So yeah. all this being said, here you've now tipped the scale, and you, you go to bodybuilding gyms like Gold's, and you got big, huge guys, and I won't name guys' names, but really <laughs> famous, you know, Olympians, and they're yeah. hacking and coughing and, you know, and, and like, what's going on? They push that anabolic, and they haven't learned to support right. their dreams. As you know, Mike, any good practitioner, therapist, nutritionist knows support the, 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 the catabolic, the adrenals first, then start optimizing the, the anabolic testosterone, the DHA, and so yeah. forth. You follow? Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense to me because I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about adrenal issues. When people hear the word adrenal issues, they automatically think, oh, someone's producing too much cortisol. But usually it's they've gone, they've already been through the period of producing too much cortisol, and now they're not producing any cortisol or very minimal amounts. And if you don't produce cortisol, you can die from that. It's lethal. Very, very true. And it's amazing to understand this. You can live for weeks without testosterone, weeks without thyroid, months right. without other hormones. But cortisol, within minutes, you have to produce 40 milligrams of cortisol a day. Otherwise, right. you develop what's called Addison's syndrome. And, yeah. and, and even President John F. Kennedy, he had a condition that the doctors at that time right. diagnosed of a poor adrenal function, and they gave him hydrocortisone in the day, you know, of the 60s, right? So they knew about this, and the best book ever written, and even Terry Hertog refers to it, is 
uh, safe uses of cortisol, William McKinley Jeffries, which I want to call your attention to this because it's so critical to this time during what we're going through. And I've had patients coming into the clinic and I have medical doctors on our staff and I, I'm the health coach, if you will. And I, you know, I'm voracious in reading books, textbooks, journals. You know, I, I dive deep when I'm writing a book and I came across this obscure fact and it was that during one of the worst SARS breakouts in the 50s, when millions of people were truly dying, not made up deaths with, you know, people died in an auto accident and they said it was COVID, right? It was sincere, real deaths. And, and they intervened because they detected it was an adrenal dysfunction, exhaustion. They intervened with hydrocortisone, which they renamed the book Safe Uses of Hydrocortisone to Safe Uses of Cortisol because hydrocortisone was confused with prednisone, the synthetics. It was a natural bioidentical that you can get from Upjohn right now for about 20 bucks, hydrocortisone uh, or Cortef, cortisol, and you, uh -huh. you take – you take about uh, 20 milligrams in the morning, 24 hours later, 20 milligrams again later, and 20 milligrams. So during the course, four times, 80 milligrams, and within two days, the symptoms of chronic fatigue, cold, flu, influenza, malaise, everything we read about with the current issue, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm cautioning the words I use because three of my books were banned recently and wouldn't go out. When I used the word 19 and the, the, the letter C-O-V ahead of it, and I used the word, well, shall I say you put something over your face, and I was commenting on all this stuff, and yeah. they, didn't, they didn't let the book go out. Wow. But, the, but this book, I took, I went through all the literature, and it's, it's just very clear that this could be a lifesaver that no one's talking about, but they talked about dexamethasone which is a synthetic form of corticosteroid, and it's saving lives out of an Oxford study. But I'm saying you don't have to have the risk of the synthetic. Uh, Terry Hertog proved this. You can use the bioidentical version and then support your adrenals along the way with adrenal herbs. I know you have a great adrenal product. I have an adrenal product. You do these things with methyl donors. And elegant, you get outdoors in the sun like your background. Right. I, I just right. finished my workout naked in my backyard so I would get <laughs> enough cortisol, right? Dude, did you film it for your VIP group? Or is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to have to I, be. Doctor, I know Dr. Mark Gordon's a big fan of watching your naked workouts, so he'll be disappointed if. <laughs> Here's a question I have about cortisol, because I like what you said about combining nutraceutical and, in some cases, hormone replacement approaches, the cortif. Now, for someone who is, let's say, in a moderate adrenal fatigue stage, you wake up, you're tired, and then as the day goes on, your energy starts kicking in. And so now you have high cortisol at night, you have a hard time getting to bed, you want to flip that curve. Licorice, which is in your adrenal product, that seems to really help a lot with that. I've taken licorice, I've, I, either through your product or on my own, I've taken licorice in the morning and afternoon, and then that seems to flip that cortisol cascade favorably so that about usually within seven to 10 days, you feel great. Now you're waking up with energy. You don't need coffee. You don't need caffeine to get through the day, all this fake energy. Right on Mike. And you know, uh, it's important to recognize I, I, when I was creating the product and I know you keep this in mind as well, that why are we trying to support the adrenals? The end point is the immune system, the adrenal fatigue, uh, what, what Dr. Wilson wrote about in his incredible book, Adrenal Fatigue. And he had studies that showed that adrenal glandulars 
would, when taken, would go directly into the system and locate the adrenals. If you took spleen glandulars, it would go to the spleen. Now, this is the one area where I kind of depart a little bit from the plat base, forgive me guys, but right. I've yet to find a replacement for those glandulars. So long as they're from New Zealand, they're purified, they're done properly, yeah. but they do How support. How is that possible though? How is that possible, Dad? Because you would think that if you eat a, an adrenal gland, that your body would just break down the macronutrients and micronutrients. How is it that your body actually recognizes that as something that can be used so precisely, so specifically to heal a certain area? It's really interesting. Yeah, there's a biological medicine book written by a colleague, Dr. Dimitri and Mike. Uh, and, and it's interesting that they talk about like understands like. So when they're doing stem cells, they isolate the stem cells, for example, for the liver to go to the liver. Right. Okay. As, you, as you know, I'm a big fan of every imaginable way to support longevity and quality of life. So stem cells, chromosome, mitochondria boosting, uh, bioidentical hormones, uh, exercise, getting quality sleep, making love, and not necessarily ejaculating, but building up that orgasmic intensity to, to fight uh, you know, all the stress in the world, right? Our, right. Best, our best efforts come out of love and contribution. Yeah. So yeah. back to your original comment, Mike, I, I, I am so enthusiastic because when I looked at it, I said, well, what other herbs su support the immune system? Garlic, echinacea, um, you know, go down the list, right? And, and then support it with uh, caprylic acid because you get fungal forms that attack us. Support it with RNA, DNA, black cherry tart, which targets RNA, DNA viruses, which everyone's talking about this RNA, DNA. Because, right. you know, I'm one of the few guys, if you look at my microscope in the background here, uh, I've been yeah. doing microscopy for 43 years, young, longer than most people watching the show, right? Yeah. And, and I was trained by the world experts out of Germany, Dr. Duvendeck. I went and trained with all the world micro microscopy experts. And you know there's this theory of terrain versus you know the, the microbe and, and the virus, right? And the terrain means that you foster a strong body, like your whole um, logo. What is your logo? Uh, oh, my, my business is Mahler's Aggressive Strength. My logo is Live Life Aggressively. Yeah, Live Life Aggressively, right? So what more embodies building a strong body and immune system and mind uh, other than your philosophy, kettlebells, training, eating, you know, just just don't let people put you down. Don't surround yourself with negative people. Be around positive growth people, right? Yeah, absolutely. This stuff is critical. They're shutting down churches. I'm not a religious guy, but I am like, I, I am livid thinking about all the different religions in the world being told they can't congregate and talk. Right. Right. I mean, what is going on, man? But I, I'll tell you what, this adrenal support product, bar none with the DMG dimethylglycine, it along with, and I mentioned that intervention of hydrocortisone, because I can't give medical advice. A doctor has to prescribe hydrocortisone or cortisol. Right. But, the, right. but the reality is I had patients testing positive for that, we'll say 19 virus, right? And, <laughs> and, and, and they did, and then we did the antigen test, and guess what we found? And this test, the antigen test, 39 out of 40 were tested correctly. So it's a 97% accuracy. We found they did not have the strain, either one of them, but they did have all the symptoms. Right. So you don't treat the patient's uh, diagnosis. You treat the patient themselves, the symptoms, right. the issues, right? 
So I looked at this and I said, wait a minute, let's let's hit it with the, you know, with the doctors, with the hydrocortisone, the cortisol. Let's hit it, you know, during four to six days. Let's hit it with the adrenal, really build up that intake four times a day, four hours apart. And lo and behold, Mike, every one of them recovered nicely. And now some of them took three weeks, but now they're back to training. They're doing all the right things. But the ones that got sick, I got to be honest, they, they confided in me. They said, look, I screwed up my sleep cycle. I was up too late. You know, there was things I was doing. So they left the terrain, the body susceptible. And right. that's where they got in trouble. Yeah. Well, I always felt that here in Nevada, we had, we had a saying that the government here was putting out stay stay at home for Nevada or stay home for Nevada. And my friend Mark Phillippe, he's one of the best strength coaches in the business. He said that the motto should have been get healthy for Nevada, meaning that you're shut down for two months. There's never been a better time. All the excuses you have of I don't have time to exercise, you know, I've got so much going on. Well, now you have all the time in the world. And most of you people were getting paid to stay home. You're getting these stimulus checks. You're getting sure. unemployment. And that's that that led to another problem. I'll finish up this statement with. But for about two and a half to three months, you could have at least gone for a long walk every day. If you didn't want to leave your house, you could have just exercised in your backyard or your your living room. There was never a better time. I mean, I did more exercise than I, I exercise a lot as it is. But during the shutdown, I go, well, there's not a whole lot to do. So maybe I'll do two a days and maybe I'll just start to, you know, just doing three small workouts a day just for the hell of it, because I've got the time. I'm sleeping eight, nine hours a night. I've got the recovery. So I'm good. And then focus on really healthy eating, because we never hear any advice. We hear advice such as wear a mask to protect other people, wear a mask so that we don't overrun the medical care system. But how about get as healthy as possible so that if you so that even if you do get infected, you can you'll be you'll have mild symptoms, possibly no symptoms. But you'll also be able to just treat yourself at home as opposed to having to go to an emergency room and burdening the medical care system. But we never hear anything about individual responsibility. What can you as an individual do? I mean, in my opinion, I think it's a civic duty to be as healthy as possible as an American citizen. That's how far I would take it. I, I, you hit it spot on, Mike. I, in my book, uh, there's two things I want to call your attention to. There's five principal steps to make it simple for the audience to understand that we all need to follow to adhere to to get great immune function and bodily function, physical mind and body. However, at the end of the book, there's 35 steps that I follow every day. And these 35 steps are, are integrated into my lifestyle. They don't take more time you know, than most people take to boil a cup of coffee or whatever. I'm doing things that have become efficient in my life. Just like you said, I stepped up my workouts. I did more workouts at the beach. So on the times when the cops would push me off the beach, you know, I'd, I'd slip back in and, and I'd stand uh, in the ocean with my feet grounded in the ocean to keep my body cool and take my dumbbells and, and rip off 500 or 1,000 lifts in the sun while I'm grounded to the ocean. And, you know, people might think that's weird. What is he talking about grounding? What is this frequency <laughs> energy? And how are you reducing free radical damage? What is free radical damage, yeah, right? Just, just on the 500 reps you just said. Did, did he say 500 reps? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I still train, uh, even though I'm approaching 66 this year, I train at the okay. level that I did when I broke the world records when I was 52 years old. And that was no young spring chicken at 52 to break the all-time Guinness world record for curls and curl and press 
you know, back to back within a, a, a three year span. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I still train aggressively. And but but the reason I'm able to is because I support my adrenals and I don't have those drop offs. My adrenals, if, if I'm really pushing the envelope and there's too much stress or there's issues coming up, then I look at my life and I go, wow, what do I got to do? But I up my supplements. I up my uh, cortisol levels to support. And everyone listening to this thinks, what's he talking about? Why would you want to add to your cortisol levels? Because if you don't produce cortisol, Mike, you and I know you def deflect to depending on adrenaline, which is a very harsh hormone. Right. And if you're in overdrive on adrenaline, you're about to crash, whether it be a cold I, I, or flu or virus. I have virus. a tendency to be adrenaline dominant myself if I'm not careful. And then and then there's adrenaline resistance, which is even more insidious, where you're producing all this adrenaline, but none of it's getting picked up on the receptor level. And so now you just have all this adrenaline floating around your bloodstream. So you have you have all the negatives of adrenaline and none of the positives. So adrenaline, yeah, adrenaline is no joke. And a lot of people ride these adrenaline highs all day. They they have an energy drink in the morning, boom, adrenaline, or a strong cup of coffee, boom, adrenaline. And then the adrenaline dies, and now you got to have another intake of some kind of high-level stimulant. And eventually, doesn't matter how much you take, you're not going to notice anything because you crash so hard. Yeah, people often comment, how in the world can Mike and Nick have so much energy? They're plant-based. Personally, I don't drink coffee. I don't use any of these stimulants. I yeah. do in competition when I'm going against these young bucks. And these guys show up, they're they're maxed out, muscular, anabolics, the whole thing. You know, they're, they've been hitting energy drinks. And they think they're going to beat me in curl and press, right? So... So I'll take my product powered speed or lean and fit. It's got guarana. You know, it's it's got, you know, a, what we'll call is at least free of the acids of coffee and all the, the other chemicals. And, and that, and that I, stuff no joke. That stuff gives you <laughs> I mean, that stuff gets you locked in. In fact, I told you that I have to take maybe one fourth of a capsule. Yes, me too. Entire capsule because otherwise I'll be wired all day. Yeah. And not yeah, even yeah. really in a bad way. I'll just be wired where I'm like, okay, I want to go to sleep now. And <laughs> instead of reading a book all night or, you know, watching TV or whatever. So, so, so that, that, I, that stuff definitely gives you a lot of energy. With coffee, I actually cut out coffee maybe a couple months ago. And I, nice. actually, I used to enjoy having a cup of coffee in the morning. But what would happen is it, is it kept causing gut distress. So I go, let me eliminate anything that's causing gut distress because coffee is very acidic and some of the higher quality ones are a little bit less acidic, but it's still acidic. And then it's got the caffeine and so forth. So I didn't think one cup of coffee was a big deal, but if it's causing gut distress, I don't want anything that's messing up my gut because that's where our immune system is. So I cut 75%. that. 5%. Yeah, I cut it. I go, let me just cut out coffee for a month. And then I try drinking a cup again and boom, immediately had gut distress. And I go, okay, that's it. I know for sure now this was the culprit. So now I haven't had a cup of coffee in a couple of months. I, I honestly have no desire to have a cup of coffee. I have green tea. I have other things that have a little bit of caffeine in it, but it's, it doesn't have the same issues, at least not for me. Well, between you and I and your audience, I can't even handle green tea. I mean, it's it's literally strong for me. I'm like, oh, power and speed, but you can't handle green tea. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Some people metabolize caffeine really well, and others don't. I'm one of those guys. In my whole life, I never have. So I've oh. never had that coffee habit. You see, my right. mother, who's 85 years old, who's drank coffee most of her life, several months ago, she developed. Um, uh, a condition of cramps that wouldn't go away. She developed dizziness, and and I went through the whole literature. She was on trace minerals. You know, her diet was good. I, you know, everything looked good. And I thought, oh my gosh, the only thing I can think of, I found, a, I came across one obscure reference that mentioned cramps and and coffee. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I said, hey mom, let's do this. Go, go off the coffee. And I go, you're going to have a tough time for two or three weeks because, you know, you've been dependent on coffee. You know, you're going to have maybe headaches, withdrawal uh, symptoms. Yeah. You're going to have some issues. And all that did happen. But by the fourth week, it was like, like a miracle. Her, her yeah. cramps went away. You know, her, you know, she needed more sleep for a while. And I said, yeah, right. your body's been craving sleep for a long time. And yeah. I said, and, and so for me, you know, if I do take power speed or lean and fit, I tie, I put it into like, um, with my beet drink and I mix it with some cold pressed juices and I titrate, I sip it because I to see. take a big hit of a whole capsule, dude, yeah. it's, but the nice thing is it's that purest form of the guarana derived. And so it doesn't have, shall I say, the acids in coffee, and you mentioned acids in coffee in the gut. There's a lot of studies that show coffee causes ulcers. There's a lot of studies show that lack of fiber causes ulcers. And you and I are on a plant-based oil-free diet. So all yeah. that fiber protects our gut in most cases, but sometimes that coffee is so strong that yeah. uh, for some people, now I know people listening to this don't want to hear it because that say, oh, don't, take anything away, but don't take away my coffee, uh, right? Coffee, which I get, I used to enjoy the morning ritual too. Now I have ginseng tea or I have something else. Let, let's talk about oils a little bit because I'm actually not oil free. I don't have a ton of oils in my diet because I used to until I came across your work and then I reduced it, but I still have some each day. And, and here's my, here's what I want to clarify on oils. Now, if I take oils on an empty stomach, that's just pure fat going in the bloodstream. So I can understand that can be problematic. But within the context of a meal, how is the fats in oils different than, let's say, whole food fats would be, such as an avocado or olives or nuts and seeds? I changed. Uh, do you still have me? Yeah, yeah, I have you. You just froze for a second, but that's, that's all good. Okay. Um, I, I do, I do microscopy, right? In okay. real time I, I, for 43 years, I've had the luxury of any day of the week to check my blood under a high powered microscope and to, if you will, here, I'm just looking at the, the pipette here and the, 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 the little, uh, lancet. But the point is if I were to check your blood and there's this famous, um, kind of went viral video that I did. Uh, how to become diabetic in six hours. And what I, what I demonstrated was every hour on the hour after I drink a glass of olive oil, which everyone would say olive oil is good for you, right? Right. But, but what I want people to understand is the oil, it doesn't matter that it's monounsaturated fat, saturated fat, or a trans fat. That's a deflection from the reality of, of what I'm concerned about. You see, it's not the molecule and the way the fat affects your cholesterol and your body, which it does affect it. I mean, coconut, for example, is a saturated fat. It'll increase cholesterol a little bit, but there's islanders that eat a lot of coconut and they're plant-based. They have no cardiovascular disease. Right. They have higher cholesterol than the other island that doesn't eat coconut. But right. they both are free of cardiovascular disease. Yeah. So you're you're right. In the whole state, I take uh, chia seeds, flax seeds. Um, I take walnuts. I soak the seeds in a separate bowl because it gets like a thick mulch, you know. And yeah. then I take the walnuts and the almonds and the cashews, soak that separate. And I pour off the dirty water. It looks brown because I want to get rid of the anti-enzyme properties. 
In the seeds, I don't pour it off. I guess I could put it in one of those little uh, soaking jars and keep rinsing it. But I just put it in the refrigerator. Then I mix that with berries, and I eat that. That's my morning breakfast of essential fatty acids. Because I train. I can do with the calories. Right. Right? Right. Someone who's overweight, I may not tell them to, to, to use that as their breakfast. So, sure. so, so think of this. Here, here's the best example. If, if I put olive oil in this hand, which is a quality oil, I don't right. care what oil I put, but let's just say olive oil. And in this hand, I put uh, some uh, salt or sugar and I, sprink, I poured it on and then I turned my hand, it would just fall off. Right. If I put salt or sugar, and let's say sugar on the oil, it would stick. Right. Donuts don't taste good with just oil. They have sugar. Right, right. Okay, so why does the oil stick mechanically? Nathan Pritikin stated, who is an engineer in, in mechanics, he said, mechanically the oil will stick all of your red blood cells. On the head of a pin, you have 8 million red blood cells. And when the oil goes first through the lymphatic system, it, it literally goes from the, the gut and the intestines directly throughout the lymphatic system, which is more extensive than the entire blood circulatory system, and it gums up your whole lymphatic system. Then the oil dumps into the thoracic duct, into the bloodstream, and it gums up your entire red blood cell circulatory system for four to, to eight hours. Right. So if you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and there's oil, say an Indian food ghee, or you go to a Chinese restaurant and it's plant-based, but it's all oil, and right. you, then you have a tri, uh, an Italian uh, uh, marinara sauce with a lot of uh, oil in it. Right. Three meals a day, you poured oil into your system, and it, it, it reduced the circulation to your brain by 30%, so you have to reach for coffee to wake up. Is it because of the oil? Is it because of the way the oil is concentrated that it's different than the fats found organically in foods that are high in fat, such as nuts, seeds, avocado, olives? Look at the grams of fat in an olive, an avocado, coconut, or walnut. Yeah. By, by, by concentration, the grams of fat, because the fiber, shall we say, dilutes it because it's, it's spread equally amongst the food. And right. fiber has no calories. It, it, won't, it won't cause the blood cells to stick together. Yeah. But, but if you take olive oil, it takes hundreds of olives to make a tablespoon of olive oil. It takes right. 14 years of corn to make one tablespoon of corn oil. So all that oil per tablespoon. And now you go to an Indian recipe book or a plant-based recipe book, and they're using a quarter cup of oil. Yeah. yeah, it's really easy to overdo oils. That's definitely a concern. And I mean, that experiment you did where you drank some olive oil, though, I mean, what isn't that a, a much higher amount than anyone would consume in an actual meal? I mean, I use a, maybe a tablespoon of olive oil or coconut oil in a stir fry. See, I, ble I bleed for you, Mike. I bleed for you. <laughs> you're, you're really you're really getting into this this explanation. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So. All you got to do is take the American Heart Association cookbook and see how many of the recipes are recommended with up to a quarter cup or an eighth of a cup or a half a cup of oil. Right. The well, point I, I, is, I agree that's really excessive, no doubt about it. Okay, to split hairs, if, if, Mike, if you told me, look, I threw in a teaspoon of oil in some recipe, or I stir-fried with water in, in you know, maybe a half a, tea, uh, half a tablespoon, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's seven grams of fat. Your body can handle that. 
What it can't handle is the total grams of fat. So what I tell people is take the total grams of fat. And here's, here's where I'm more liberal. I'll say you can use the amount of oil of up to 40 grams of fat. If it's coming from nuts, seeds, avocados, olives are a little bit more greasy kind of. You know, they're yeah. a little bit more concentrated. I had a guy come in and he was fatigued and tired. And I looked at his blood under the microscope. He, he worked at Mother's Market, our equivalent of um, uh, Whole Foods. And sure. he was eating six avocados a day. And he said, I'm fatigued to no end. I don't know what's going on. So yeah. I showed him his blood, just, just like I just put literally my blood on the microscope. You see this? Yeah. Uh-huh. Those are individual red blood cells. And if you could look closely in the background, I, I have a new 4K camera that's arriving this week, and right now we're at 1080. But the point is, these red blood cells are evenly separated yeah. as my blood is 24-7. When I'm sleeping, my blood is separated. At night, when most heart attacks occur, people have eaten a heavy meal of meat, cheese, eggs, dairy product, or plant-based, oil-based, and they're at risk for a heart attack. Right, right. So... Now, here's the other thing. Each red blood cell has to squeeze through the capillary beds one by one. And a red cell is nine microns in diameter. A capillary is seven. So it has to bend itself backwards like a, right. like a pancake folding over. Okay. And as it folds over, Mike, it squeezes through and exchanges oxygen and carbon dioxide. That's the function. Yeah. So when it, when it does this, what if three cells are coated with fat, oil, and let's say the cutoff, I'll tell you the cutoff. It's about 60 grams of fat per day from separated oils. People don't, they eat processed oils. I got guys drinking coffee shots with oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I agree completely that people have gone overboard with oils. There's no doubt about it. I mean, people putting a couple tablespoons in their coffee and then saying they're doing intermittent fasting. I go, you just had two meals worth of fat in your cup of coffee, so you're not really in a fasted state. So no doubt, and you and you can easily do oils too. A lot of people put several tablespoons in a stir fry. So now you now you're up to sixty grams of fat just from the oils, not yeah, even account what you're going to be cooking. And look at salad dressing. Oh it's, yeah, it's essentially all oil. I I I get Warden Farms from Amazon, oil free, or I go to the the, yeah. the grocery store where it has oil free salad dressing. They say you can reduce seven pounds of body fat just by changing your salad dressing. Right. Right. <laughs> That's well, how, do you, how do you explain the benefits of, let's say, the Mediterranean diet, which is largely plant based, some meats, but very liberal use of olive oil? And I'm sure and I know that the Mediterranean diet varies with each country in that region. So it's, there's not just one standard Mediterranean diet for every country in that area. The good news, Mike, is there was one study that teased that information information out. They took the Mediterranean diet and they they took the people using olive oil and they pulled the olive oil out in a group. And, and there was some group that apparently was plant based and they were smart enough to be oil free. And they and they also excluded wine because wine everyone promotes, you know, out of the Mediterranean, have you have your glass of wine. But they never tell you that one glass of wine drinking every day, even to the point where they're not intoxicated, they have the highest death rate of cirrhosis of the liver in the world in, in, yeah. in, Paris, in, in France. They well, drink wine every day. Dr. Gordon says alcohol, just one serving of alcohol shuts off growth hormones and testosterone production for at least 24 hours, I believe. 
He's absolutely right. And that's just one serving. Most people have way more than one serving, and they have it way more than once a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a single guy, so I go out on dates. I don't drink. I'll 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 order orange juice ahead of time. So when they offer me a drink, I'm drinking orange juice. Now, yeah. granted, I'd rather eat the whole orange, but they're gonna wonder why I'm eating a whole orange <laughs> on a date, right? It's like, what are you doing, dude? But but the point is, this is a white blood cell right here. Um, I I have another microscope that shows these things a little better. I you know right now. But the point is, oh yeah, here we go. So so, in answer to the Mediterranean study, they took the people on this whole plant-based, oil-free, alcohol-free diet. And they yeah. monitored these people compared to the typical, we're using oil in, in the spaghetti sauce. Right. Uh, we're using oil throughout the day because they, you know, they say it's virgin olive oil. And, and they found out that the group on the oil-free diet and alcohol-free lived longer, were healthier, had much lower incidence of cardiovascular disease. Look at Asian cultures like Vietnamese. Have you ever noticed how little oil they use in their cuisine? I haven't actually. I don't eat Vietnamese food that often. So I never no. found it to be that tasty. You have to take me to a good Vietnamese restaurant next time I'm in LA because I've never been to one. <laughs> Mike, I got to tell you, between Peruvian restaurants, uh, Inca Peruvian, which has the uh -huh. incredible spices, right? Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and Vietnamese, I, I was asked by Chef AJ, when, when I, you know, what kind of foods do I eat when I go out? If I have a choice, which I always do with my date or my kids, I say, we're going to Asian pho. And what I do is I get the vegetable pho soup and I give the rice noodles to my son who can handle the calories because I tend to be, since I eat out and I'm on the go and I eat kind of large volumes of food, and I also have a large number of fat cells. Genetically, I'm not like my brother who was right. born with very right. few fat cells. His abs show no matter what he eats. Me, right. I, I, can, I can eat foods beyond my caloric need, even if it's plant-based, and I'll gain some body fat, right? It's, so okay. so I, I use, it's got mint and, and, and bean sprouts, and then I put some uh, chili sauce in there, it's oil-free, and then I get some spring rolls that they make, and it's really good, like vegetable spring rolls. And I order a, a vegetable dish that's stir-fried with little or no oil, with bok choy and broccoli and all these things. And I gotta tell you, I walk away from that meal without feeling sleepy. Whereas if I went to an Indian restaurant, which is plant-based, it's oil, or if I went to a steakhouse, which I do, by the way, go to steakhouses. And you know why? I go to the Brazilian steakhouses. They have the freshest vegetables in the world, but I just skip really? the meat. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. So I'm a guy for 43 years. I don't know how long you've been plant-based, but I've been oil-free, sugar-free. Six years. Yeah. 26 years. 26. I've been oil-free for 43 years. Now, do I, do I end up with oil in my diet? Sure. There's some restaurants that I can see a little bit of oil in the food. And, and, and to your point, I know my body up to tolerance with triglycerides and microscopy. I've even got it down to a science to know after a meal up to how high can my tri triglycerides go before I start experiencing clumping of the blood and I see issues with the blood. Well, I mean, I only have, I have one tablespoon of oil per day and the rest of my fat is whole food fat sources. And... My blood work is, I haven't done your blood test, and maybe next time you're at the anti-aging symposium, if we ever get those going again, I'll stop by and, and do your micro your microscope test because I would be curious to see how that thing's look, that's how that looks. I mean, my blood pressure is great, 115 over 75. My cholesterol is great. My testosterone is good. I mean, all my, all my markers are good. 
So I, I'm so I'm curious. So I'm just curious how much improvement would I derive from just cutting out that last tablespoon of olive oil or coconut oil each day? <laughs> and you don't know it, so you do it, I guess. Well, here, here, here's the difference, Mike. You can hear me because I just changed to yeah. microphone freaking. Yeah. Um, the difference is that if you cut out the oil like I have, because I want to leave room for the times where oil ends up in my diet or I do eat Got nuts, it. seeds, avocados, olives, right? Because right. when I do a big salad, there's no oil in the salad dressing, but the difference of fat is coming from, you know, the, the some some guacamole or avocado or, or uh, chia seeds and so forth. So I, I think your point is well taken, but but see the difference is when you say a tablespoon, yeah, you, you probably can handle it, but what I do is see people should not do their blood tests on fasting. I don't know if you know this, but more than 50 years ago, they used to do the blood test randomly, what's called postprandial, in the middle of the day after eating. But the reason they had to require everyone to fast, Mike, was because everyone was coming in with sky high levels. And they said, oh, it's just what you ate. So why don't you just come back fast the next morning and and we'll do the test. That's well, really that good. became the standard, but every clinical study that correlated to heart disease, cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure related to after eating tests. Now I can pass a test. I never have to fast for my tests. Even when the doctor asks, did you fast? Cause if they say you didn't fast, you better not do the test. I just right. tell them, I wink. I go, yeah, I did fast, but I didn't. Right. <laughs> when you get to that place where your blood is so pure that the triglycerides range between about 45 and 150. When they yeah. get over 200, 250, 300, I've tested people on fasting with a triglyceride of 500 to 800. Wow. I've tested people uh, 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 after eating where they passed their fasting test and they were over 400. And I said, there it is. That's yeah. where it's going on. That's why you're fatigued. That's why you're gaining weight. Well, I think the problem with oils is the same problem with processed sugars and other things. And what I mean by that is, is that it's easy to overconsume it and not realize it. It's easy just to add, I mean, some people don't even measure out a tablespoon. They just dump the oil in like that. They're just putting it in the pot like that. And now you have five tablespoons in there in one meal that you're gonna eat. So, I mean, that's 60 grams of fat or more. And in addition to everything else, that's your whatever, whatever you're actually cooking that day. And then you may add sauces, like you said, which also have some oils in it. So it's easy to get way above this threshold. Just like with processed sugar, it's you have one cookie and now you want to eat the whole bag as opposed to if I have a handful of almonds, I don't want to go back and eat the whole bag. That actually gave me micronutrients and protein and good fats and carbohydrates. So I'm actually somewhat full from that. There's a great video on my YouTube channel uh, and it's titled, Is Olive Oil Healthy? And I yeah. do a video reply to uh, Michael Clapper and to Josh Axe. And then I add my spin with that, um, how to become diabetic in six hours under the microscope. It's about a 48 minute video, but without belaboring the point, your point is well taken. I, I have to agree with you. You might be able to get away with that added tablespoon here or there, but you know what I do is, I, I bought into taking coconut oil in my mouth, melting it and and pulling, pulling, you know, spitting it out to, to cleanse for the gums and everything and bacteria. And I think that's an okay thing. I spit it all out though. Right. I also, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bernardo Lapello. I have a nice YouTube video reply, but the guy lived to 114 years of age in Arizona. He was plant-based his whole life. And one of the things he did, it, his daughter was talking about his use of olive oil. 
and and he blended up some garlic, pressed uh, uh, pressed fresh garlic, and he added a tablespoon of oil to the whole container, and then he would take a scoop and put that in his smoothie. So it was a fraction of the tablespoon. Oh yeah. But people pointed, they said, "Oh, see, he uses olive oil. How much?" Right. Right. And it was to deliver the garlic nutrients because oil is like a pharmaceutical liposome, right? So some things I'm okay with a little oil in it. When I use my new testergenin cream, which is the original, it took me 12 years to get this formula together. I finally got that special Andrew Steel dial that I can't really mention. I can just say can it's Scottish you. pine bark. I'll huh? buy a couple bottles from you. I always like that product. That's a great Unbelievable. product. Unbelievable. I've been using it for about five days in a row, and I did my baseline blood test, and I put it behind my neck where, where all the – You have it in stock right now? It's is you yeah. Can go to the website? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's in stock. And awesome. it, it's, it's like skyrocket fuel. It's like, yeah, it, and it balances four, four hormones, DHA, pregnenolone. And you know, pregnenolone is my, Mark Gordon's favorite hormone. It's yeah. got, um, it's got the androgens at very potent levels and it's got the chrysin and dim. So it clears out the harmful estrogens. Yeah. So you can put uh, maybe a couple times a week uh, uh, around the uh, scrotum or the, or uh, the perineum. And we, we had that funny interview that one time with your co-host. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The perineum. He's like the perineum. But, but point back to Bernardo Lapello. He rubs olive oil on his skin. He doesn't right. consume more than a teaspoon. And yeah. and his skin looked great. I mean, here he's in Arizona, dry, you know, hot climate like Vegas, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and I got to admit, I started rubbing oil on my skin uh, just after a shower before I go outdoors in my workout. And uh, I use walnut oil, olive oil, avocado oil, and there's some essential fatty acids that do absorb into the body. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Now with fats also, you, you're, not a, you're not a fan of, of too much fat in the diet, period, even if it's coming from whole food, plant-based sources. So let's just talk about that a little bit because we need some fat to fuel sex hormone production, right? But too Correct. much fat can cause insulin resistance, makes the insulin receptors weak, and now it doesn't process glucose as well, which is why often a lot of people do ketogenic for a long time. And then when they introduce carbohydrates back in, they don't handle it well at all because their insulin receptors have become so weakened from the excessive fat intake. So I think I think anything excessive can be problematic. But what, what do you feel is a optimal threshold for dietary fat in your diet or does it vary with each person? Uh, the only place it varies is based on their own body fat level, right? Yeah. Uh, I like to keep my percentage of body fat by submersion underwater, and I've compared to the weight scales where you hold the little handle things and stand on the sc scale, and it's uh, bioelectrical impedance, and I've even done ultrasound body fat. And over the years, as we get older, the problem is we tend to gain more body fat, particularly if we're not athletic, if we don't balance our hormones, if we don't understand about estroblock and the balance of estrogen dominance. And I think years ago, I sent you a 24-year kid. I don't know if I ever got it back, but to, to do the test. We're in the process of moving or something like that. Then. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to send you another kit. But no, no, I'll, I'll buy one off your website, so I don't want you to waste any money. <laughs> that, that way I'll be more incentivized to make sure I actually do it. <laughs> it. It really is helpful because when you're getting into bioidentical hormones, Mark Gordon and the other guys like to look at blood because that's where all the studies were done. But but the, yeah. urine, the European doctors like Hertog, you really break out down 38 different hormone metabolites. So back to your question about fat concentration, fat stimulates estrogen as well right and 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 you've got to remember that i think that i'll put it this way i've gone to 10 10 80 10 fat 10 protein 80 percent 
uh, complex carbohydrates. I've done that for years and years and years. But there was a point where I said, wait a minute, um, not just for brain function, but even quality of skin and different things. So I experimented and I added back in nuts and seeds and avocados and olives. And I found somewhere around 20% fat, maybe 25% fat. So gram wise, if it's, if it's unprocessed with the fiber intact, you might be taking in 40 or 60 grams. I even think that it's possible that a ketogenic diet, so long as it's not processed oils and it's plant-based, and they went all nuts, seeds, avocados, olives, coconut, and if they're not overweight and they're exercising, maybe they're an ultra marathon runner like Rich Roll, right? Where right. they can burn the calories. And when I do these nonstop lifts, that's like an ultra marathon. I'm burning crazy calories. Yeah. When you do kettlebells, you're burning crazy calories, right? So it's, it's, it's really a question of performance and how much you need. And the cutoff is easily, if, if you had my equipment, you'd know your triglycerides immediately, look under the microscope, you know, oh shit, I've overdone it. But I'm giving you the feedback of 43 years of tech testing, Tony Robbins, a thousand people at every event and tens of thousand people and knowing what they ate, talking to them. And I can tell you for a fact that there is a fine line cutoff. And so I push it higher than Caldwell Esselstein or uh, uh, Dean Ornish or um, who's our other friends, uh, uh, Joel Furman, who I'm interviewing next week, because I know the threshold. I know you can get nutrient dense essential and I soak the nuts and seeds because I want all the increased a thousand percent what in vitamin C's and uh, the, the vitamin A's and all the beta carotenoids. But you see, Mike, it's almost like a science when you titrate it down. You dial in and I can dial in the best athlete in the world and teach them exactly where to be. And you can you can tell better by how you feel. If you feel really clear and sharp and light and, and bordering on a little hungry but not, yeah. then, then you're right. But if you're constantly hungry, you're not getting in enough glucose. You're not taking enough calories. And so that's what all these keto, they had to, they had to narrow the window of fasting because they eat so much calories they, they couldn't figure out any other way to control their, their caloric intake and their body fat. With right. us, uh, Volter Longo, I think you'll agree, he says eat from 8 in the morning to 8 o'clock at night. And then your body has that remaining hours to do its wonders with regards to cleansing and foreign proteins and, you know, uh, removing those issues, right? Right, right. Yeah, that all makes sense. And one thing I've noticed is that I've been doing a lot more endurance type training, interval training to be more specific. I have one of those gym quality elliptical machines here at the house. So I hit that three times a week, 30 minutes, full blast, put some good music on. And I, I definitely found that my cravings for healthy carbohydrates went up, more sweet potatoes, more brown rice. So I'm eating actually a lot more carbohydrate. Not that I've ever been a low carb guy, but I'm eating a lot more carbohydrates now. And I just let my appetite dictate what I choose. And I, I feel really good on that. I feel very energetic on that. So I, I don't know what the exact ratio is of my fat protein carbs, because I don't bother keeping track of that. I just, I just pick healthy food options and eat as much as I want of those healthy food options. And I'm not trying to be 5% body fat. I'm pretty lean. I can see my abs in the mirror all the time. I like the way I look. I like the way I feel. I feel strong. I feel healthy. And so I feel like what I'm doing right now is is really well dialed in, way better so than maybe what I was doing even five years ago, 10 years ago. Wow. Wow. You know, I like how you put it. Uh, if you've ever heard of the New Guinea sweet potato eaters, they eat basically all sweet potatoes and their leaves. So their diet, believe it or not, is the lowest protein, lowest fat in the world. 3% right. fat, 3% protein, 96% 
complex carbohydrates, right. 94%. Uh, okay, so so here, and you see pictures of them. They're ripped. They're muscular. They literally can run up, tr climb up trees with their hands and feet. Well, if you look at the average, Kenyan, I've been to Kenya and Uganda a couple of times. My parents lived out there for a while. And most people out there are, they're, they're not vegan by choice, but they end up being vegan because they're poor and they can't afford meat. True. They live off of maize out there, which is this cornmeal type thing. Well, actually, it's called ugali. And it's this cornmeal type substance. And they just have a bowl of that, not even a big bowl. Usually one meal a day, a bowl of that. Maybe if they're lucky, two or three bowls throughout the day total. But these people are not, they, they look way healthier than a, an American living in a wealthy neighborhood. Way healthier. Now, these are poor people that walk probably 10 miles a day and then they do manual labor all day and then they're having one meal of cornmeal. So they basically have probably 10 grams of protein every day and probably no fat and are very low amounts of fat. And then the rest of it is just carbohydrates. Now, is this the healthiest option? No, it's not. But the fact that they look better on that, what we consider a deprived option, than an overnourished society like ours, and an, an overconsumption of food, I should say, because we're not overnourished, because that implies that we're actually nourished. We're just overconsuming food that has no nourishment, versus here's a meal that's probably not even the healthiest option, but comparatively, it's it's better than what we're doing. It's just crazy that people that are really poor look visibly healthier than people that are in a very wealthy country like ours on average. I, I completely agree. You know, I, I always, uh, when I'm getting into a taxi or an Uber, and I if I notice they might be having a little accent, I go, are you from Niger what country are you from? And they'll mention Nigeria or one of these countries, right? And they talk about their diet and they talk about they run to church, they run to school. I mean, you know, you could say, okay, it's because their athleticism and they're exercising so much. No, their diet is superb. And, you know, if you think about it, there's the, the Bantu natives of Africa, and these people eat 10% uh, fat, 10% protein, 80% complex carbohydrates, and they they nurse children. Uh, they have a, on average of nine children, so 18 years of breastfeeding. They have all the calcium they need. They're healthy. They don't consume dairy products. Very, very healthy people. But then you look at the Maasai that do a lot of exercise. They, they herd cattle 30 miles at a time. They look good, but they've been eating the meat and the blood of the animals. And if you, when they die on autopsy, Dr. Mann published in the medical literature and the meat industry was, was horrified because he found they had massive plaques in their arteries, but they had enlarged coronary arteries so they could get the blood, you know, past the, the blockages. So I think the important thing is, and I know when you're saying this, that you and I know the standard in Asia, how fit they look unless they're in the McDonald's line for food, right? right. Um, most of the world uh, is it looks pretty healthy. And that's because the higher the percentage of complex carbohydrates and plant-based, the higher, uh, the lower the incidence of obesity and chronic disease without exception. Yeah. Every culture, Eskimos, now we know the Eskimos eat a plant-based diet in the central part of Canada. This was reported in Live Longer Now, Scientific American Journal, 1971. They eat tundra and vegetables and they, they crave fruit when it comes around. But the coastal Eskimos that eat a lot of blubber meat, they are not healthy. And when they got sugar into their diet, sure, they started losing their teeth and dental caries, but they die of intradermal bleeding, a stroke, because their blood's too thin from all of the, you know, if you will, the fat and blubber and everything they eat. Right, right. 
I just think it's interesting that carbohydrates are so demonized in our society as the culprit. And I think the problem is, is that people are looping all forms of carbohydrates in the same bucket. So whether it's processed garbage, which should be avoided, that doesn't mean that a sweet potato should be avoided or a purple potato or brown rice or millet or quinoa. You know, these are all foods that most people can tolerate, not only tolerate really well, but feel incredible on it too. Where that misinformation started uh, was with Dr. Fredrickson, who was the head of the National Institute of Health, and he reviewed studies at the time, and it was shown by Pritikin that they had mixed simple carbohydrates with complex carbohydrates, right. and they found out the people had higher triglycerides. Well, yeah. triglycerides comes from too many, not, not just oils, but too much sugar, and so they were able to prove that uh, a mixed diet is not very good for you. But they didn't look at the studies of starch, fiber-rich, complex, plant-based whole foods. And later we did with Dr. James Anderson, world-renowned endocrinologist, who published his studies. And we've left out beans. Beans are so healthy. And I know this guy is saying lectins are bad for you. And he, that, that's <laughs> raw talk, beans. Let's talk about that a little bit. Because my take on lectins is that, sure, beans in their raw states have lectins, but who eats beans in their raw state? You couldn't eat them if you wanted to in their raw state. By the time you soak them and cook them and so forth, are there any lectins left at all? No. And when, you, when you're eating beans, and I eat beans, try, I try to get beans in almost every day. Garbanzo well, beans, lentil too. beans, yeah. black beans, 15 bean salad in a casserole, whatever. And you know what? The longest lived people in the world eat beans. The Latinos in, in America, they found that the one thing they teased out was uh, the only thing we can figure out, even though they drink, some of their health habits aren't very good, and some of them are overweight, but they, they ate beans, corn tortillas. Think of the, the Tarmar Indians in Chihuahua, Mexico, northern Mexico. They can outrun our ultra-distance marathon runners. There's books about it, right? And they eat panola nuts, avocado. They eat corn tortillas, a lot of beans, and they're plant-based. They run 180 miles a day, you know, when they're running during their rituals. Now, they do drink too much. They take some kind of a, a corn alcohol thing, and they have some other bad habits. But, you know, you, you think about it. I, I, I would say that the cultures in the world that live the longest, and yes, I think starch has been become a villain because it was the one thing that people are willing to give up. They don't mind giving up potatoes or right. giving up sugar, but they do mind giving up chicken and hot wings. And I say, you like right. hot wing sauce? And they say, yeah, I like the taste. I say, eat a wing without the hot wing sauce. Do you yeah. really like the wing without the hot wing sauce? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and during the Super Bowl, what do they eat more of? Hot wings and burgers and all these, you know, uh, ribs and whatever. But I tell people, take that same baked potato and, and get uh, Frank's red hot sauce, which by the way is wing sauce without sugar. And it's chilies and it's high in vitamin A and C. And I pour that on my baked potatoes for my kids. I use a Breville oven. So I cook the potato chips sliced up in 16 minutes with no oil. I learned that from Chef AJ, by the way. And I, I put the uh, Frank um, wing sauce or I put cayenne pepper or gar uh, garlic powder and different things. And, and my kids love it. And if you can convince kids who are, I have kids yeah. age 11 to 43, by the way, my oldest <laughs> kid is 43 and I, I'm a grandpa too. I have a, a one and a half and a one-year-old granddaughter and grandson. So 
I'm as active physically, sexually, emotionally, health-wise as any 22-year-old, probably in better shape, as you know, than most 20, 30, 40-year-olds, but I had to go through a trial. I was overweight. I had high blood pressure. I had had a stroke. I had gut problems. I had acne, so I wrote the book, Acne Be Gone for Good, and now all these books, I'm so prolific, about every three months, I'm coming out with books now, and I want to kind of spread the word about my new book, which if they go to nickdelgado.com, you can get a free ebook uh, called Immune Rejuvenation, just name, email, phone number. Of course, people are going to add to my mail list. Thank you very much. A lot of people say, I learned about you from Mike Mahler. And people say, you know, uh, I, I, they'll say, you know, they'll say, uh, you know, Delgado, you know, I, I refer to Mike Mahler. I mean, because you know what? We have the same tribe. Our tribe wants the truth. Our yeah. people are sick and tired of being sick and tired and overweight and having doctors give them medications, chemotherapy, radiation, things that are horrifically horrible, ventilators. I mean, the world's gone nuts to the point where we're shut down. Yeah. And so you and I have to be strong enough and aggressive enough as leaders because when I'm 75, when I'm 85, when I'm 95, I might sound arrogant, but I'll kick your butt. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kick your butt in the gym. You know who I took Ben Greenfield in the gym in Las Vegas. And I, I and, what's that? I saw the footage. <laughs> yeah. He and I went to uh, the May, uh, Mayweather uh, Conor McGregor fight together. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And, and you know what? He had trouble keeping up with me with vertical lifts, intense. I, I do like Mike Mensah during Yates type. I love that kind of intense training. When I'm not doing my long distance marathon lifting, I love that because it builds muscle. And I think muscle looks yeah. good on a guy. Yeah, sure, it does. Now, my only caveat with that is, is he used to that style of training? Because if you try to do what he does, you might have a hard time with that. He does the ultra marathons and so forth. I mean, you may not because you have really good endurance too. But generally... Like I would have a hard time doing what you're doing, but you probably have a hard time deadlifting 600 pounds with me at the gym. You know, so we all do different things. Is totally. You know? But I understand your point as well. Is that, and I like Ben. Ben's a cool guy. He he's very knowledgeable in a lot of things, but there's limits to every. I mean, there's there's limitations to I think the the style of eating that he does personally which I believe is very low in carbohydrate very high in fat and he's figured out how to make that work for what he does but maybe it's not going to work in other contexts such as the workout he did with you wait till he reaches my age well, he's a young guy too yeah he's a, he's he's way younger than I am I'm 46 I think he's 33 or something like that right yeah. and and yeah. youth and exercise have a way of forgiving sins <laughs> and, and and he does talk about an unsustainable type thing of finding organic meat. He's got a big farm like Dave Asprey does. Uh, and, you know, I tested Dave's blood. I, I I don't know if you saw that video footage, but it was horrific. I saw, I saw the footage. I didn't see the results. <laughs> Two, and I'm, I'm going to say because he streamed it live. A cholesterol of 278. Right. An LDL of 190. His HDL was terribly low. His triglycerides were through the roof. Yeah. And it was at an AFREM conference in Las Vegas. And yeah. then he, he passed it off as he drank some wine. I love Dave. Dave's a great marketer. He's articulate. He's sharp. But he's sincerely wrong when it comes to his dietary use of oil, shoot it with coffee, oh, and, and take butter. Dr. Gordon has very high cholesterol levels, too. And he's not worried about it at all because he's had his arteries checked and they're nice and clean. So well, what do you? I know you're friends with him. What do you guys talk about? Do you ever talk about this? <laughs> you know, maybe privately. <laughs> you know, what's your take on that. 
do you remember John Chrysler? Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. John Chrysler, yeah, I remember. Allthingsmail.com. Uh, yeah, he talked about testosterone. A great guy. He and I faced off in front of a whole group of doctors. I'm not sure if Mark Gordon was there at that get together, but there was a whole table of doctors. And he got heated and angry. And he said, I'll take you to the gym and kick your ass. I said, you kick my ass in the gym, really? And, and then we went back and forth. He said, you plant-based little pussy. And I said, you know what? You, you got so much cholesterol. You just had a heart attack. And you are eating steak. What the hell are you doing? What are you representing to the people at this table? I he said, this is a, a problem. Huh? Yeah. He died of a heart attack, didn't he? A couple years ago? It, it's kind of a sad story. Uh, uh, he took his own life. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And Mark Gordon um, was aware of the situation. We, You know, all of us guys are inner circle guys. Yeah. And I I got to say that he had bouts of, of, of depression. Yeah. And, you know, when you – I can't say that he fully appreciated the, the adrenal cortisol levels and things. I mean, him and um, – uh, the testosterone syndrome author, um, uh, Eugene uh, Shippen. Eugene Shippen, yeah. Yeah, you ever see Eugene's belly? No, I've never seen him in person. I've never seen a picture of him even. <laughs> uh, put it this way. He, he loves his meat and his animal-based foods. Yeah. And Mark Gordon is a genetic freak. The guy can eat anything. He can drink a pint of vodka. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, he drinks, I, so that's right. <laughs> Mark, I love Mark to death. You know, and I did an interview with him. He he respects me. I respect him. And what they all ultimately quietly say is, I respect that, Nick, that you walk your talk, like what you said in the beginning of the show. Yeah, we all don't have to agree with each other. That's the other thing, too. I mean, we're having a nice conversation, and we're having deviating points. But largely, I agree with what you're saying, and that's why I refer so many people to you, because I think you're an, a legitimate expert, for sure. And I've learned a lot from you. But I think it's this this snowflake culture we're in right now where if someone doesn't agree with everything you have to say, you can't be friends, which I think is absurd. I like Dr. Gordon a lot. I think he's a great guy. I consider he's him a amazing. friend. He knows hormones as good as anyone. And, yeah. you know, look, he he's a good proponent of growth hormone, peptides. You know, yeah. let, let's face it. If you took 10 experts in the room, generally speaking, they each have their expertise. Right. My goal was to get inside the head of each of these guys and not not debate with them about the things I don't agree with, because where does that get us? If they asked me, I would have a conversation with them. Oh, yeah, and sure. like we're having it, it would go deep. I would just stop it. I would show the studies. I would show my blood. I would show the clinical levels. I would show that my cluster right now is one hundred twenty eight. My HDL is is 30 to 60. My, my LDL is under under 90. And I had coronary heart disease. I almost died from it. I mean, yeah. I did an ultra-fast CT scan, Mike. I'll tell you, I mean, from the years of, of time, I had hard plaque in my arteries, but all the soft plaques gone. I can pass every heart test imaginable, but when you do the in-depth coronary calcium scores, my goal is to eventually etch away at that hard plaque, but some of it never goes away because it, it formed in the first, you know the studies about Vietnam and Korea, young 20-year-olds when they were dying in action, they had severe coronary heart disease. Yeah. And it's because the American diet, let's be brutally honest, oh, the absolutely. Western UK diet, the American diet. And, yeah. and the one thing you and I have skated around, and I love it that you said this, 10 grams of protein to 20 in the Ugandan, Nigerian, uh, Bantu, the, 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 the New Guinea natives, the longest, some of the Okinawans, you look at their protein intake. It is not above 
uh, 20 to 60 grams, 80 grams. In a whole foods diet, I take in a lot of food because I train and also I'm a foodie. I love to eat. I have to say, I, you know, sometimes, but I realized that the reason I overate, Mike, was my cortisol level used to be so low. One way to unnaturally stimulate the rise in cortisol is to overeat. And ever since I was uh, 12 years old, 14, 20, I would eat plate after plate after plate and never feel satisfied. And for those people who are addicted to either alcohol, drugs, or food, I'm addicted to sex, but I think yeah. it's a healthy addiction. I, I just, you know, have- yeah, uh, Gordon said that about you, actually. So that's, I won't, <laughs> I won't say what else he said. <laughs> I, I, I have this passion for life. So, so I did write the book endorsed by John Gray, Mastering Love, Sex, and Intimacy, yeah, sure. because I think the highest form of emotional contribution is love. We have too sure. much hate in the world. We have too much fear in the world. Right. And so what some people perceive as, how shall I say, I've dated many of the hottest anti-aging female doctors in the world, right? Yeah. Oh, you've actually dated them. Okay, that's how you got so much information. So it's intelligent women, women who really can hold their own, you know, because yeah. sometimes you see a pretty body and face and then after what's there to talk about. Right. So, right. <laughs> so, so, and I've also dated some of the top spiritual healers. Uh, uh, they, they uh, are love teachers, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Zirak Khan, an amazing Indian teacher. We did, we first met on a sex panel in New York with John Gray and we were all saying what we had to say about love and intimacy and the importance of orgasmic, you know, intensity and so forth. And she was sitting next to me and I got to tell you, I was like, I could take my eyes off her, I'm saying, and listening to her <laughs> voice and her talk and how yeah. orgasm is close to God. And I'm like, wow, you've taken it to a whole new level. <laughs> and 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 her and I talked for eight hours that night. We, what's, we, that, what's her name again? Z-E-E Rock Khan. And, okay. and I have some videos that are unlisted in my, my um, love series. Indian, huh? Indian woman, right? Pakistanian, uh, India. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, they go deep when they talk about love and spirituality. Yeah. It's like, I'm, it's I'm like, Indian. my mother was Indian. So I, I understand that culture really well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, the Kama Sutra, right? Some of the greatest love books in history, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And Tantra sex. I mean, and you think of all these things and, and I think our society, the reason I wrote that book and I, I actually was going to do it under a pseudonym, but after Viagra, it became okay to talk about erections and sex. And then I felt like still the percentages of women who are dissatisfied within their relationship reaching yeah. orgasmic pleasure still yeah. is at 75%. And 95% of women say they could take it or leave it, making love with their significant other. And yet 80% uh, uh, of guys think they're good lovers. Right. <laughs> so I wrote the book and the last three chapters are like kind of sizzling and very direct. Well, I think the problem with guys is, is obviously I, I haven't watched a lot of guys having sex with women, but I understand guys well in terms of the mentality. And I think a lot of guys are just thinking if they enjoy it, then she must enjoy it too. And that's not even close to reality. I mean, first of all, if you only lasted five minutes, I can promise you she didn't enjoy that unless she's used to longer durations and more intimate durations and more amorous durations. And that was just a quickie one day, but the average guy doesn't last more than five minutes. And I could probably right. do the average woman needs a lot more than five minutes <laughs> to feel 
to get to that orgasm place and also to really enjoy it and felt that and feel like she's connecting with you. Huge. Mike, you hit it right on the nose. In 2003, I did a talk with, if you remember Bob Delmontique, fabulous anti-aging. I mean, he made love to Marilyn Monroe, age 84. I mean, he, he's a god to me, right? He's a hero. And and uh, I had um, uh, uh, the, um, uh, let's see, sexperts.com, uh, she, she spoke on the stage and, and here she's just got this European accent, beautiful, unlike Dr. Ruth. <laughs> Dr. Ruth always told the truth. She was good, but you, you yeah. thought, had she ever had sex? You'd look at her, <laughs> she looked like a grandmother, right? But um, here, yeah. here we had this incredible panelist. And to this day, there's doctors that point to that talk in 2003 and say it was the best talk they ever heard. And it, the room was packed. I don't know if you know the story. If you, you know Sharon McQuellen, she told me that they were hearing us laugh with a thousand doctors in my room uh, for an eight-hour seminar on love and intimacy and sex and hormones, and and we got into everything, every subject, and and the other doctors just were dying to find out what was going on in our room, so they let their uh, their <laughs> modules out to come into our room. So oh, it was man. standing room only. Yeah. But I got to tell you, I told the story. Uh, uh, I was asked, how would you how would you please a woman? And in front of a thousand five hundred doctors, I, I went on to describe exactly what I would do. And remember, a woman takes 20 minutes to reach kind of that place of acceptability because they have filters. Because think about it, in primitive times, if they made love to everything coming by, they'd have kids coming all over the place. So they had to have some kind of filters. This right. is my belief about sociology, right? But Women have, have that 20 minute, you know, talk to you, hug you, get to know you, you know, feel in love. And then it progresses. So there's it's a bell curve. Um, well, honestly, 50, that build up that build up is important for guys as well. Huge. It definitely is for me. I mean, just going right at it. That doesn't appeal to me. You want to have a nice build up. You want to you know, you, you want to get to that heated place where you can't stand it anymore. And then you go there as opposed to let's just go right there. Let me just put my, I'm going to put myself right in you and we're just going to go until I'm finished. I mean, come on. Of course, of course, that's not, that's not the same experience. <laughs> exactly. And Mike, 50% of women will orgasm at 30 minutes, about 98% will be at one hour. Right. And even if, uh, maybe they become comfortable with, or they know your technique and they're comfortable with how you stimulate their clitoris, their G spot and cervical stimulation. I rarely ever talk about but there's this this guy, uh, Manchek uh, Chia, that talks about it. And he described it, but he didn't describe it very well. Uh, but there's books, and I don't know how graphic I should be here, but there's books written out of Germany about the technique. Yeah, yeah. But, but the point is that women do not get stimulated during intercourse. They just don't. So you have to know all the additional ways auditory, visual, kinesthetic. And the build is marvelous. As us guys get older, you feed off that build, that sexual energy, that love energy, even if it's the first encounter or the, the 150th encounter with your lover, um, it's, it's probably the greatest fuel. It stimulates all the hormones, your brain center, all these things. So your goal, like uh, one of my friends wrote a book, um, uh, uh, She Comes First. And <laughs> I like it. it's, it's the like second it. best book written besides besides my book. And and by the way, I, I, I'm just going to let my son in because um, he's here to visit me. But I want to continue our talk. What I'm excited about, Mike, is that energy 
prolongs life. Probably yeah. by about 20 years, 10 to add 10 to 20 years if you learn how to convert that energy. Yeah, I don't doubt it one bit. Sexual so energy, I want to be the longest lived, yeah. healthiest guy in history is my goal. And uh, I mean, a, a high sex drive is important for every facet of success because it's a creative energy. It's an energy that can be harnessed. I mean, in Think and Grow Rich, there's a whole chapter on how every successful person in history had a really high drive. Well, think about a book, uh, uh, Outwitting the Devil. It was suppressed, written by the same author, Napoleon Hill, for 75 years. If you haven't read that book, Mike, you got to get a copy, Outwitting the Devil. get a copy of that because I've heard of it, but I've never seen it anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I got a copy early on because, you know, the family didn't want released because he had political opinions. He have, had opinions about love and relationships. And it's an amazing book. Yeah. So I, I think that he used the word transmute our love energy into creative energy to your career, to your life, to contribution high level values. You know, I studied at USC in psychology. So Maslow and, you know, the hierarchies of, of values. And then of course I was Tony Robbins personal life coach in 1994 in terms of health and fitness and well-being. And then I studied with all of his NLP, Tad James and hypnosis and timeline therapy and, and Richard Bandler and these guys. And so I wanted to know how the brain functions because the ultimate power, Mike, without exception, I, I think you'll agree, is the power of the mind. Because with the power of the mind, we can direct ourselves to accomplish almost anything. We can right. change everything going on in the world when we get to the leaders and we help them to understand these processes. And I believe these five steps that I alluded to in my new book, Immune Rejuvenation, which is the first version at nickdelgado.com. But the newest book is, is called Blood Doesn't Lie Appropriately, because for 43 years, I've been looking at blood. People lie, but blood doesn't. So, yeah. you know, so when you really when I have a health expert, profess health expert, I'm lucky enough to have sat down with them. And in, I won't use names, but unless they give me permission or, you know, they do a live stream and we're looking at their blood and we're talking about real life situations. I'm looking at their hormones. I'm looking at their blood. I'm looking at their diet. I'm looking at their performance and their output and my own. Because some of my clients are 92. Ray Wilson, who's bought and sold more fitness clubs than any man in history. He's one of my best clients. He, he embosses, he follows, not a complete plant-based diet. He fits in fish in his diet. Okay, fine. You know, he's down in Port of Art, a beautiful place in the world. He takes my supplements. He loves power and speed. He uses it before his workouts. He works out three times a day, Mike, right? Wow. 92 years young, right? That's and he amazing. started up a, 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 a fitness spas, Ray Wilson fitness spas in Mexico, I mean, the guy's 92 and he's starting up businesses again. Now, not a good time to start up fitness businesses in, in the world, right? That's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you got to admire that I look to my clients that I know what their hormone levels, I know if they're on testosterone pellets, I know if they utilize growth factors and peptides, and I also know the ones that do and don't, and I see where they fail or where they succeed. So. Yeah. When I mentioned uh, Mark Gordon and I mentioned each of these guys, you know, when I look under the microscope, you know, you're looking at their blood. And uh, some of these guys, I've got to admit, I, I had a training partner uh, named Brian, 
And he was this mountain of a man. He used uh, Dorian Yates and Mike Menser's training heavy-duty system. So he had big, oh. huge muscles. But he was heavy animal-based. And he always bragged. He said, Nick, see, my HDL cholesterol is good. My total cholesterol is good. Well, he was taking every steroid under the market. And you and I know the difference between steroids, anabolic, that they're synthetically altered. They're chemically different. They're not identical to what's in the human body versus bioidentical in creams like our cream or, 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 or in pellets. And, and the problem is that he artificially had a low cholesterol, but he ended up dying of a massive heart attack at like age 40 something. It, it was tragic. And I'm like, oh my God, you know? And so you can almost see it coming. And I know there's people out there that say cholesterol doesn't matter, but Neil Bernard does this really good discourse that I did a video reply. And he talks about the, the recent studies, a backlash from big, food industry. Now, big food industry has more lobbyists than big pharma. They're probably more wealthy. So, so yeah. they've influenced the studies. They bought the studies. They've hidden mm -hmm. the fact that eggs and meat cheese is a killer. And so right. back to that protein question, if I were to encourage the audience to do one thing is to learn how to get by, and I say get by, get high quality biological to protein from plant-based, from 10, as low as 20 grams, according to uh, Walter Kempner studies, will keep you in positive nitrogen balance to 40 grams. And even plant-based pr proteins, I'll go so far as to say beyond game changers, is that it's absorbed better. And Dr. Lee did this study years ago. He put people on chicken and rice and rice only. And he discovered to his shock that the group eating the rice only, so long as they took in enough calories to meet their caloric need, absorbed the 6% protein from the rice at 30% higher than the chicken and rice. And he went on to comment in the medical journal uh, that something about chicken is absorbed inefficiently. You have to take in far more animal protein yeah. to get enough protein. So that's where well, all these I, guys talk about a half a gram and a gram of protein per pound. Right. It's because right. they're looking at the wrong studies. Well, why is, why is animal-based protein always marked as higher biological value than vegetable proteins. People always say, oh, the biological protein of whey is at 91% and so beef and chicken and this, and then legumes and all that is down here at a much lower. So they're considered third world proteins, like very condescending term, or, or inferior proteins. I love the question because it's so spot on. And believe it or not, in nutrition textbooks, I refer to this, um, in, in, in my original book, uh, Grow Young and Slim, and there's a chapter in there about protein, and the whole history gets back to uh, what's called PER, protein efficiency ratio. And what they did was, Mike, they took literally cages of rats, and they had hundreds of rat cages, and they said those group of rats get uh, egg yolks or, or, or eggs. That group of, of rats gets uh, chicken. That group of rats gets rice. And they literally measured what's called the protein efficiency ratio based on how big carnivorous animal rats grew within weeks. Right. And so that's where all the misinformation started. Right. Uh, so when Frances Moore LePay wrote her book, um, Diet for a Small Planet, she said that she made the mistake in her 10-year edition that something about plant proteins is incomplete. You have to eat rice and beans to get a complete protein. She said, I retract that statement. All eight essential amino acids are in the rice and in the beans only. And in fact, 
we now know they're absorbed better. Now I'm going to say it's healthier to eat a combination of brown rice and beans and, and uh, sweet potatoes and variety. But the point is that all the amino acids are absorbed at a very high efficiency in the human body. And that's based on uh, studies by Dr. Knapp, Dr. Reddy on children in India where they otherwise would have starved and they gave them potato uh, 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 protein. They gave them rice protein, wheat protein, not yeah. even like you said is third world proteins, but enough calories to sustain their growth. And right. the problem in these countries, they're not starving from protein. They're starving from lack of calories. Right. And in right. every study, the kids grew to full size, even above the standard. Uh, two of my children were plant-based growing up, and they grew at the 97th percentile rate. So yeah. you got to look at the studies and the genetics and different cultures. So there are people who are going to be short like pygmies. There's going to be Zulu uh, warriors are going to be seven feet tall. And there's genetics. But to manifest your genetics, you have to have enough plant-based calories. So that, like you said, in these cultures that eat a, a bowl, one or two, three bowls, maybe they don't have the luxury to eat. I like to eat ad-lib. When I'm a little hungry, I eat. Oh, yeah. 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 And we're both in that luxury position where we can you can eat as much as you want. And <laughs> a lot of people, even people that are not wealthy in America, they can eat as much garbage food as they want because it's so heavily subsidized and it's inexpensive. Actually, it's, it's more that it's heavily subsidized than the fact that it's inexpensive. Because some of these foods, if you want to get a box of Oreos in Costa Rica, for one container of Oreos, you could buy – one you could buy a whole crate of fresh fruit that's grown out there i love to go to the farmer's market in newport beach on sunday mornings and they bring in all their organic fresh you know food and i buy a literally containers of fresh berries and fruit and peaches and avocado and kale and swiss chard and i mean i, I just load up on the stuff and it's all organic no chemicals no gmo and granted you know the meat-based people and the keto people will attack plant-based foods because of but think about it the animals eat these gmo foods and i i cornered uh, dr jeffrey who wrote the gmo book standard and he said yeah these animals can actually have as much or more concentrated in their tissues so now right. you got to be worried about how these animals are raised how can you control that and most people aren't worried about it that's the problem most people just go to the grocery store and they buy this nicely wrapped package of what they think is a healthy slab of meat when it's loaded with chlorinated pesticides when it's when it's from animals that were very unhealthy their entire life and certainly unhealthy at the time of death and they're not factoring any of those things in as if there's no connection as if none of that matters with consuming that product from the grocery store it's not going to have any negative effect it's just going to have positive effects it's really nonsensical when you think about it it doesn't make any sense exactly and i and, and let's face it, if the animal products weren't subsidized, to buy a hamburger, it'd be $20. Right. Well, that's so, other, what don't take into occasion is that a lot of animals, even if you're eating a vegan diet, like I do, I got into it for animal morality issues, but or more animal morality reasons. But the, the problem is, is that because meat is so heavily subsidized, a lot of times these factory farms are paid to continue to kill animals that never even make it to the marketplace. Because they're getting paid to do it. They're getting paid whether that meat is picked up. So that's a big problem too. And the fact that no one can go to a factory farm, it's actually illegal to film what goes on in there. It's considered an act of terrorism. 
That should be a big red flag for people. Why can't you take a tour over there? And also, how about this? Your kids eat meat. Fine, your kids eat meat. Let's go on a little family trip to a factory farm and see what you kids think about what goes on in there. Like, oh, no, I could never show my kids that. Okay, well, then why is it okay for them to eat? The, the, why is it okay to support that and eat the end product that comes from that? So a lot of people just need this. They need to get out of this bubble. You need to start thinking about what are you supporting out there? Where are things coming from? And are you okay with that? Some people are like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I could care less what happens to animals as long as it's cheap for me. That's some people. Other people, if they went to a factory farm, they would never be able to forget what they see in there. And it, it, it would stay with them for a while where they would probably make some serious changes. Others would just try to forget about it and go back because people are really good at cognitive dissonance. But if there were more truth about the production means of a variety of things, I, I think people would have a hard time justifying the actions they take. Yeah, in my new book, Mike, I put forth a chapter uh, motivated by my interview with Michael Greger of How Not to Die. And uh, the zoonic uh, contamination of animals, the transmission, not just of viral load, but right. also E. coli, salmonella, um, harmful bacterial forms. And I actually did a video that got a lot of views on my YouTube channel, uh, Mike, and it was called uh, Is Organic Chicken Safe? And I right. took the juice before it was cooked and, and I took a pipette and put it under the microscope and you could see these wiggling microbes. I mean, even spirochetes, which, you know, spirochetes, right? And so it was proven by Dr. Dennis Burkett, who uh, actually uh, was honored for his discovery of Burkitt's lymphoma. He discovered that eating chicken was a major cause of, of lymphoma bloodborne cancer. He also identified leukemia coming from dairy product along with some studies where it showed that from chimpanzees, they were able to give them milk that uh, virtually every sample of milk is infected with leukemia. Now, I see an alarming number of cases where leukemia wow. is too many white blood cells that overcrowds the red cells and you feel horribly uh, fatigued and then you die unless you do uh, stem cell replacement. But the point is that I'm more concerned, not just about cardiovascular disease and people say poo-poo to cholesterol or excess protein or lack of fiber in these animal foods. Now with these times of shutdown, where are these microbes coming from? And guess what? In the factories where the workers work with Tyson chicken, the highest level of recorded people coming down with, quote, the C-19 virus, right? The highest numbers are coming out of these uh, farms where the, uh, the workers are, are touching this stuff yeah. and they're transmitting this stuff. Right. So, so what if we actually, instead of shutting down the world, went plant-based, whole food, get that outdoors exercise, sleep, you know, get off. Uh, the, the people who are susceptible are on methamphetamine. They're destroying, you know, they're using stimulants. They're, they're using um, these different kind of psychiatric drugs. All these suicides are happening, all this depression, horrible things going on in the world. But we that's where we have to put our money in, in interventions, particularly from a psychological standpoint. I use hypnosis, timeline therapy, NLP with my clients who are just addicted to meat, sugar and oils and dairy product. And, and, and it, it helps them because otherwise at the subconscious level, it's just been drummed in. I oh, I need my protein. I need right. my fat. I need my my sugar rush or my caffeine rush. It continues rush. to be drummed in as well. I mean, we don't realize how 
I mean, we get, I think, a thousand more messages. Our subconscious mind has a thousand more messages for our conscious mind than the other way around. It may even be way higher than that. So we're constantly making decisions based on what our subconscious mind is telling us, whether we're aware of it or not. So I can definitely see how there's so many negative messages that are stored in our subconscious mind where our conscious mind is seeing it and going, ah, I'm not going to be affected by that, but your subconscious mind is. So now you're going to be affected and not make the connection. The beauty of once you understand the power of the subconscious mind, and if you buy into Bruce Lipton, the biology belief in his work that uh, 97% of our decisions are based on negative decisions and negative media and fear, and we, we make these decisions that are not in our best interest. And oh, yeah. the reality is we can kind of, through reframing hypnosis, timeline therapy, if hypnosis scares you, it, you know, a form of meditation or prayer, and all these things work together, and we need to spend, and I spend a good 30 minutes every morning and night, uh, you know, taking this uh, positive information. Even on my website, I have these NLP they can download for, I think it's 12 bucks, to their phone, and listen to these things on a daily basis, reinforcing healthy diet, healthy exercise, sleep habits, because you have to kind of counterbalance and offset all this negativity in the world and this misinformation. So once you get to that power of love and and belief and the subconscious mind, you can direct a person to go from illness to vitality, to training, to exercise, to positive outcomes in their work and purpose-driven life. I mean, I'm not one of these guys that says get rid of every negative thought. You have to process that. It's what you dwell on, what Les Brown talks about, the thoughts that you dwell on, we can choose. And if we dwell on the positive thoughts and move our way in a direction of success, then we can sort through all the mess in the world. We can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, hey, I think that's a great place to wrap things up. Where can people find out more about what what you're doing, everything you have to offer, your supplements, your books, et cetera? Yeah, the best place is to go to nickdelgado.com. Uh, they can get a copy of my new book. Uh, the Right now it's listed as Immune Rejuvenation, the prior book to the final, uh, Blood Doesn't Lie. Also, there's an eligibility uh, quiz that uh, can decide if they want to accept coaching with myself or one of my team members. And uh, there's also a link to uh, our product page. They can take some hormone quizzes. They can get some hormone tests. Uh, we've really put a lot of effort we also have a doctor's line, the, the uh, doc nutrients line for, for medical doctors and affiliates. So we, we've really, during this time of, shall we say, what do you do with that extra time? We've right. really uh, uh, honkered down to, to get really focused to help people in a big way because some people might not be able to afford coaching. They might not be able to afford, but they can listen to the over 1,100 videos that we've assembled in playlists. I have podcasts, Spotify, you know, we're out there, you're out there. We're giving this advice openly. And then if they want to try out something that's going to make a difference, we've tested it. Uh, I've helped 50,000 young kids, um, you know, with this whole thing, uh, uh, with, with acne. I, I don't know. My book is here. Yeah, right here. Uh, acne be gone for good. I mean, it's yeah. it's just amazing with Dr. Sonia, the top board certified dermatologist, how acne is an internal hormonal problem. Oh, so yeah. each of my books, each of my uh, online courses, they're priced as low as $7 to $19. I mean, 
you know, sure, we have higher level things that if they're involved with me in coaching, uh, and, and the testing starts at about 150 to you know 300 400 dollars, uh, but we, we we do so much. We're even doing the antigen tests at our offices. We do the microscope tests included with that, and so I, I think the whole purpose is educate your people, get them on track because the biggest problem they can have is to fear and give up and think that there's only one solution that is being offered in the world right now when in reality. These five simple steps, detoxify, nutrify, fortify, the power of the mind and sleep. When you do those five things, and I break them down into 35 steps that I do every day, and it's very doable and practical. So, hey, I, I love you. You're amazing, Mike. You're, you're, I, I see you on interviews. You're awesome with Rich Roll and different guys. Um, I'm not sure. And, and I just tune in and I listen to them and I think, God, he's, he's right on. And it's good that they you have you on as a guest because, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll take the view of a plant-based guy. Look at you. You're muscular. You're strong. Look at me. You know, you're in your 40s. I'm in my late 60s. So you got to have a few guys out there that can stand up to this misinformation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, your, your, your Testro Vita cream, is it still called that or what is it called right now? Uh yeah, it used to be, well, there's Testrovita capsules, and we we had a former product called Testrogenesis that didn't have this final. Uh, we went to the medical-grade Testrogenin, which is now on both websites, so it, okay. it could be available, and if you get, like, more than one bottle, you get a better price. Oh, yeah, I'm going to pick up a few bottles of that right after this interview. Well, hey, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for all the great information. You're a wealth of information. You're very generous with your information. I encourage everybody to subscribe to your YouTube channel and check out your web. You check out your website and then support you. Pick up some products, get some of those courses, buy some of your supplements because you put out so much good information out there. People should feel compelled to want to reciprocate. I get a bunch of people telling me that they found out about me by Mike Mall, and I said, yeah, he's got that great adrenal product, the testosterone enhancer, you know, and I keep them on track. I say, look, you know, I have products, but, you know, I'm not about switching people. He's got great products. I have products that do different functions. And, you know, look, it's about allowing the people to understand that, you know, there is a commonality and you're one of the few people that, you know, like I can really openly talk to about, you know, without people going, oh, don't talk about bioidentical hormones. Oh, don't talk about the immune system. I mean, God forbid that somehow we have the ability to protect ourselves, you know, <laughs> outdoors in the sun and, you know, in, in exchange and so forth. So it's a pleasure, Mike. And uh, what's your website again? My website is MikeMahler.com. Okay, and spell Mahler because I don't know that everyone knows how to spell that. M A H L E R, and then aggressivestrength.com. But most people are going to watch this on my website, so they'll be there or on YouTube. I'm actually going to upload this to the YouTube channel. So I don't know. I don't know how many people who go to my YouTube channel don't know my website. But hey, never hurts. <laughs> never hurts to say. Dude, you're, you're amazing, <laughs> and you know you got to get it out there. And, and you know. Nick, N-I-C-K, Delgado, D-E-L-G-A-D-O.com. Delgado in Spanish means uh, slender, slim. And I was obese, like all my first, you know, like 18 years of life. Well, I remember like Bob Del, Del Montique, yeah, talked, he, he talked a little bit at one of your presentations and he turned over and looked at you and said, hey, Nick, you used to be a real butterball. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? So I know he's known you for a long time. Now, I think your story is great. I think you're, what you're doing is amazing. So keep up the great work. And I'm going to go ahead and stop recording just because I always have a paranoia of losing episodes. Hey, guys, I got to tell you, the new coaching program has come out. And we're excited about the coaching program because the coaching program 
is at nickdelgado.com. We'd love to help to guide you, to coach you on your health journey. And now you can apply for the special coaching program. And you can also get our special book, Immune Rejuvenation. Just leave your name and email, and you're going to get one of the best books written on this whole subject. We are excited to know, Anna, and I got to tell you that, you know, the whole idea of immune rejuvenation has come.